This is the Strength Anger Podcast, part of the Berserker Strength Radio Network, featuring APF Illinois State Chairman Eric Stone, as well as AAPF AWPC Powerlifter Robert Bain. We are coming at you from 2XL Powerlifting in Lombard, Illinois, and you can find this podcast online on anchor.fm. And we are back with yet another extra episode of Strength and Anger, episode number six with, oh, and I'm excited for this one right here, <laughs> the amazing, the beautiful, the wonderful, the strong, the incomparable Dr. Jennifer wow, Gimmel. that was quite the introduction. Told right? you, I was, work, I was working on the whole, whole ride down here. In so. the studio. In the studio. That's yeah. what's even cooler is we get to, we get we, to have her we, here. Are we six feet away? No. <laughs> Give a fuck about six feet. <laughs> Shit. Uh, yeah, no, we're not six feet away. So, but thankfully, you know, we are in a uh, an undisclosed location uh, in an undisclosed area. You know, we uh, we kidnapped Jen. We put a black uh, mask over her and uh, got yeah. her over here. She enjoyed that part, but uh, she's here in the studio. Well, it was in the back of the Escalade, so the trunk ride wasn't too <laughs> exactly nice and roomy. <laughs> uh, so it was good. So it's good to uh, good to have you here. Hey, thanks. Yeah, great, great to be. Here. Yeah, awesome, awesome. You want to go ahead and start? Yeah, Jen, why don't you start by just telling us a little bit about yourself outside of powerlifting? Outside of powerlifting. Okay, well, uh, what day is it? It is. Today's Monday. What is it? It's, t- it's May the 4th. Yeah, what day is it? 2020? I know. It's like no yeah, idea where yeah. we are, what we're doing. It's so, day 174 of quarantine. Oh, my gosh. So anyways, um, I'm a high school physics teacher, and I uh, also teach uh, part-time at the College of DuPage. Mm-hmm. And so, COD. Uh, yeah, there you go. So it's kind of like a physics geek by day, powerlifting geek by night. And then uh, earlier uh, in my uh, physics career, at least, um, I have a bachelor's degree in physics and math, and then I ended up getting my PhD in physics. So She's um, actually a doctor. It's not just me making it up. Yeah, yeah. There you go. And I remember... Not like uh, Doc Antle from Tiger <laughs> King. That's a doctor if we don't know what... <laughs> Oh, yeah. That's a good show. Real Do- good show. Doctor of Feeding Tigers and Sardine Oil. <laughs> sketchy. Sketchy and fast. So sketchy. <laughs> Doctor of Multiple Wives. Yes. So gross. I, I actually almost wore my uh, Free Joe Exotic shirt today. I mean, you could have. I could have. I could have. Yeah. But with it being May the 4th when we're uh, recording, I went with the Star Very Wars nice. theme. Yeah. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very nice. And then uh, where was I with my, uh, with my timeline? Your superior background. Oh, yeah, sure, fine. And yeah. I think uh, one of the first times Matt Maneuth and I trained with each other, it was probably at Jack's gym, mm-hmm. uh, he goes, so Jennifer, I never really asked you, like, what do you actually do during the day? And at that time, um, I was still in graduate school and I was getting my PhD. And so I told him, you know, hey, you know, I'm at, I'm at Fermilab. And uh, at the time we were training there with my friend uh, Dan, and Dan was also getting his PhD at mm-hmm. Fermilab. And so there were a couple geeks floating around. And he's like, wow. He's like, you're not just a little meathead, are you? I'm like, <laughs> like uh, I guess not, no. <laughs> fair. Very fair. Yeah, that's, that's pretty funny. There's so, so many layers, you're like an onion. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Hopefully I don't smell as bad as an onion. Uh, usually not. Usually not? That's usually good. not. That's no, good. No, that's very so. good. So maybe, uh, you know, talk about your sports background. I mean, obviously you've been powerlifting for a little bit. You've got some experience there. What did you do, you know, as far as sports prior to that? Uh, growing up, so I'm actually from northeastern Ohio. Um, you. Just, I know, but it's 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 an okay part of Ohio. It's mm. kind of like more of the Pennsylvania part of Ohio. Oh, so the Quakers uh, got it. I'm not yeah. sure that makes explains, it better. That explains a lot. Uh, well, whatever. We're, <laughs> I don't know if I upgraded or downgraded <laughs> coming to Illinois. 
But um, in northeastern sure. Ohio, um, it's a pretty rural area. So uh, I got into horseback riding pretty early. Okay. Um, I ended up uh, befriending this girl named Abigail. And uh, she and I got into, they had horses at their house. And so I was probably in second grade. I was around horses and I ended up As getting, every second grade girl wants as to every be. Second, I know, right? It was the second grade girl's like absolute dream. Yeah, geez. And then I think it was probably, I was 12 uh, when I ended up getting my own horse and then I did a competitive, uh, I guess the competitive background has always been there. Mm-hmm. Um, I did competitive uh, barrel racing and then also competitive uh, cow penning, which was super fun. So you did like rodeo shit. Yeah, I did like rodeo shit for a little while, so that was super cool. And then I ended up getting into uh, hunter-jumper stuff, and I was with a team of girls uh, that ended up traveling around a little bit. I think we ended up in... Uh, there was a few, most of our horse shows were in Ohio, but there were a few in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. somewhere in the okay. Northeast. So yeah, it was a lot of fun. Interesting. Yeah. So, so it started out with uh, kind of like a geeky rural background, if you think about it, and right? You know, now you're in a geeky suburban background. Now I'm in a geeky suburban background, exactly. <laughs> um, in college, I uh, ended up not pursuing, you know, anything with horseback riding or anything with any of the uh, collegiate sports, mm-hmm. uh, the Collegiate equestrian team was kind of hit or miss at my college, and honestly, you know, as a college student, uh, you, you can't afford to do that. I mean, no, let's just no. Be, let's just say it like it is. Call I mean, it what it is. Yeah, I was working at the barn. I was feeding horses at five o'clock in the morning on Saturday and Sunday mornings, trying to like afford all of this. So yeah, so that that was not sustainable. No, thank you. No, thank you indeed. And so uh, I believe. Uh, one of my friends had asked me if I wanted to play rugby, and I'm like, "What's rugby?" And so in oh college, I, yeah, in college, I ended up playing uh, rugby for all four years, and then I also ended up playing uh, rugby at uh, city team, kind of like extracurricular level uh, when so I was like in grad school. Club type thing, yeah, or? yeah, okay. it was a lot of fun. So and that was in Rochester, New York. Nice. Okay. Nice. Yeah, that was that was that was that was very painful. Rugby is a very painful sport. It's uh, you, you learn a lot about yourself. Yeah, you on the sure pitch. do. And I and I really think that's also why like equipped powerlifting, I think, really isn't that painful, <laughs> right? In comparison it's to fair. rugby, yeah. At least everything stays in place. It's not just constantly <laughs> yeah. you know hitting against you. So yeah, exactly. Awesome, awesome. So then you're you're out in Rochester, New York. How do you come out to Chicago? Uh, Fermilab brought me out to Chicago, mm-hmm. and so uh, I was in Rochester, New York, uh, for graduate school. So I was at Hiram College for my undergraduate, mm-hmm. and then in 2003, I moved to Western New York in Rochester uh, for my graduate degree. And, in and that, the begin- that was at where? I'm sorry? That was at where? At the University of Rochester. Got it. Okay. Yeah, so Hiram College uh, for undergraduate, so a small liberal arts college in mm-hmm. northeastern Ohio. And then, <laughs> Yeah, super small. <laughs> super, super small liberal arts college. And then uh, off to the University of Rochester in Western New York uh, for graduate school. And in uh, graduate school, you know, you get through your coursework, you get through the first two years, which end up, you end up with a master's degree. Mm-hmm. And then after your master's, you start the research for your PhD. Mm-hmm. And I really didn't know what I wanted to do, so I just started kind of figuring out which thesis advisors I kind of got along with. Mm-hmm. And then if, well, I'm like, well, if, you know, I get along with you and what you're, the research that you're doing is kind of interesting, I guess I'll, you know, I get it end up getting roped into particle physics and off to Fermilab I went in uh, May of 2005 
and I, I've I've been here ever since. I always find that interesting when people talk about how they get in their their backgrounds. You know, if it's again <laughs> particle physics, like, I know. Yeah, I, I just didn't know what the hell I want to do. So ah, fuck it, particle physics. Yeah. yeah, well, you know, I liked electricity and magnetism. That was my favorite undergraduate course, and it was my favorite graduate course as well. And then, um, you know, you kind of hear through the grapevine which thesis advisors are looking for uh, graduate students to take mm-hmm. on in their research. And so I met this guy named Paul Tipton, and I asked him, you know, if, you know, hi, I'm Jennifer. I heard you need a, uh, a graduate student. I need an advisor. And he's like, great, pass the qualifying exam first, and then we'll talk. So okay. I ended up passing the qualifying exam. He's like, all right, nice job. So uh, you move out to Fermilab in May. Uh, so. <laughs> <You're> like, <"Whoa." laughs> I'm like, all right then. All right. Good talk. <laughs> yeah, but it was, you know, it was really exciting, you know, because I had never been on the property of a national lab. I never were, you know, from a small town in Ohio. You know, you never really think about your job moving you any anywhere. Bright lights, big city kind. Of I know, thing. I know. So that was pretty exciting. Cool, awesome. Yeah, it was very neat. So then now you're in Chicago or Chicago area. Yeah. Um, how did you then decide? Hey, I need to start working out or getting into some kind of like fitness activities in life. Fitness. Yeah, so uh, just just to clarify, as far as like playing rugby, I was in no actual physical, physically fit state. (laughs) Anyone who played at a collegiate level in rugby really kind of understands that rugby teams are like drinking teams with rugby problems. So it's Uh like old dude softball teams. Absolutely. Got it. Yeah, I mean... The, the camaraderie is there, the friendships are there, and basically, you know, these rugby tournaments that you end up going to are reasons to travel and drink with all of your friends. I, okay. I, I appreciate that a yeah, lot. Yeah, like, exactly, yeah, exactly. Sounds like powerlifting. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's a no, lot of fun. Yeah, there are, there are so many similarities. It's crazy. Wait, we, we've, oh, well, yeah, we have traveled yeah, yeah, to drink a yeah, lot. Yeah, that's pretty much all we do. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so um, <laughs> I hadn't really done much physically in probably at that point, years. Mm-hmm. You know, in graduate school, there is a lot to do. You are sitting down and studying and working. You know, the mainstay of your day is in front of a computer or mm-hmm. in front of a table. Yeah. Or if you're running like a recitation or something, you know, maybe you're standing in front of a group of people. Ooh. I know, right, exactly. But that was pretty much it. And uh, my housemate, uh, a Korean girl named Su Jung was like, Jennifer, we're not healthy. I'm like, yeah, I know. So she's there, you know, <laughs> microwaving her cup of noodles, you know, and I'm sitting there, like, looking through which, like, lean cuisine or Stouffer's meal I was going to have for dinner I, that night. I prefer night. the not-so-lean cuisine. Yeah, exactly. And it was just, I was just like, you know what? I probably wouldn't do this on my own. I probably wouldn't have the guts to like admit that I need a personal trainer or I need somebody to help me with this. Okay. And I wouldn't make the time if I didn't kind of have somebody to like, you know, like a, a cohort to... An accountability buddy. Yeah, an, yeah, an accountability buddy. And uh, Su Jung was it. And the two of us signed up at uh, Lifetime Fitness in Warrenville, Illinois. Wow. It's a I big know. one. Yeah, it's huge. And That's the craziest thing... Uh, yeah, that is, that is what she said. Uh, the craziest thing is I was just driving <laughs> out to Naperville the other day and I went past this lifetime parking lot, really? and it was completely empty. Right. Wow. Well, yes, because we're in quarantine I've right now. I've never seen that, that parking never lot. that never happens, because it's a 24-hour yeah. one. It's a 24-hour gym, and there are that, par- that one specifically that is one just... That one is always jamming. Always. Always, yeah, always yeah. crazy. Yeah. So I was like, wow. Even I know that. <laughs> so I found uh, one of my uh, first 
workouts that I did at Lifetime Fitness, and I had a personal trainer. Her name's her name's Anita. Mm-hmm. Uh, she and I actually still do keep in contact, which nice. is pretty cool. That's yeah, cool. And uh, I, I brought this folder with me uh, of all of the personal training sessions that I had at Lifetime Fitness, and it was so crazy because you know I look at the stuff that like we do now. And well, there's so, a receipt in there, too. I want to see how much they charge you for it. Yeah, there, there was a receipt in there, wasn't there? Let's yep. Uh, well, there was a package of $200, but I don't know what that was for. It was like 55 PT. Is that what I was seeing there? Yeah. 55 PT package. Maybe that's per session. Yeah, that's what it's got to be. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got to be. Yeah, apparently. We're all, just do, we're all just cranking right now in our head like, oh, my. Oh, oh yeah. Like, this ended up putting me – okay. So, as a graduate student, you make no money, right? Yep. So, financially, this was probably the worst – one of the worst decisions I had ever made in my life because – Best. Yeah. Well, I mean, sure. It all works out. But, you know – It's an investment in yourself, Oh, Jennifer. here we go. Listen to you. <laughs> <laughs> the ROI is, insert, oh, is my, oh you know, incalculable. I think the it was like sixty or seventy dollars a month just to like walk through the door. Yeah, I mean that's probably less than it, it would be now. Oh, oh yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, so this was in, this was in uh, uh, what is seven? Seven's July, July of two thousand and five. Sure. Wow. So just to kind of give you guys a timeline, yeah, July of two thousand and five, and um, I have a five minute treadmill warm up, and I have a functional step. Quads, hamstrings, calf raises, back extensions, shoulder press, chest press, chest fly. So these are all the cable machines uh, for those of you, you know, keeping tabs at home. Biceps, triceps, seated row, lat pull down, and abs, whatever that means. So and what I'm hearing, Eric, as her coach, she can handle a lot of volume, obviously. Yeah, so yeah, a lot of volume. Yeah, there. yeah, two sets of 15 reps. And I remember that going through this, Sounds this terrible. is a 60, <laughs> probably a 60-minute 60 uh, personal training session. I think I remember having to like sit down because I was so lightheaded and obviously completely out of shape. Well, you hadn't discovered the secret weapon of training, and that is Swedish fish and or sour patties. There you go. There you go. Well, it, it needs to start with star, uh, grande or a venti americano from Starbucks. Oh, fair. Yeah, that's where fair. it starts, yeah. And so it was, it's just crazy. So, you know, I went through this uh, personal training. So this is an 05. And I realized that this was definitely something that I needed mm-hmm. because I was failing so hard at really, you know, if you kind of like look at what these things are, you know, very simple exercises. Mm-hmm. And I really got along very well with Anita. And, you know, she seemed like she really wanted to help me, you know, gain some strength and lose some weight and just be an overall healthier person. Mm-hmm. And one thing led to another. And I just ended up loving how just, I, I hate to say it because this is going to like, I'm totally going to geek out here, but I Do absolutely it. loved how academic it was because you're not going to see results from strength training tomorrow or next week or maybe even the week after that. You know, sure. when I go from doing no cardio. Say it again for those in the back. <laughs> <laughs> right. When I go from doing no cardio to cardio, and even if it's just two or three times a week, and mm-hmm. even if it's just something as short as 15 or 20 minutes, even if it's like a longer dog walk, the next longer dog walk, to me at least, seems a little bit easier than the one before. Sure. I mean, yeah, sure, there's good days and bad days. And no, we're not like running any marathons here, so everybody just pump the brakes, right? But the, Wrong. Yeah, but the gains in, you know, the gains in strength training were just slow and steady and completely invisible at first. Mm-hmm. 
And I loved that because, you know, I love lofty goals, right? I'm getting up at that time. I'm getting a PhD in particle physics, right? How hard could personal training be? Sure. Yeah, I mean. So I was like, well, let's do it. And let's plus there's particles involved. So obviously you can I know, it right? Yeah, particles of like blood, sweat, and tears. <laughs> Mostly tears. Mostly tears. tears. Lots of tears. <laughs> and um, I liked how, you know, as, you know, the personal training sessions progressed, you know, it was, you know, just a matter of oh, a, a, a couple, of yeah, there. a matter of a couple months that instead of only doing like two sets of stuff, now I'm doing four sets of stuff because I can now handle way more than I could. But I mean, you know, that would be eight to 10 weeks later mm-hmm. at the earliest that I would see any Almost return. Like a peaking cycle. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Science. Yeah, I know. Science. Yeah, it was like <laughs> eight to 10 weeks on the return. And I was like, okay, if I do a little bit every, every time she tells me that I have homework mm-hmm. and I do a little bit of work here and a little bit of work there, you know, eventually I will see how much I quote unquote have learned. And I loved that. And, you know, I've never been a very small person, right? I'm not yeah. going to be a ballerina. Fair. You know, I played rugby. I was in the scrum, right? <laughs> so it's like this was the strength training idea. I don't break very easily. Sounded like it kind of fit me. And the way that, you know, you have to approach your day-to-day routine and your week-to-week, you know, also mindset was kind of already something that I was used to because, you know, when you're studying for a test and when you're doing assignments in school, mm-hmm. you don't realize how much you've learned from one day to the next. Sure. You've got to wait sure. until you get to the test. You've got to wait until the second semester or maybe even a year later. Yeah. And so... uh you know, it was just kind of crazy, you know, how long I've had that mindset without actually really realizing it. Interesting. Very yeah. interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, I kind of, you know, geeked it out, right, and kind of looked at it from a completely, <laughs> yeah, I know, right, from a completely academic standpoint. But I think that's kind of what got me into it and kind of kept me in it, mm-hmm. at least at a very early, in the very early stages. Interesting. Yeah. So... So you, you start this, you, know, you, you have your accountability buddy, and you guys go and you get trainers, and you start down this path of, you know, fitness. Yeah, we, yeah, we even did little boot camp classes together. Oh, a little booty boot camp? Yeah, there nice, you go. Nice, there you go. And, and what did you say uh, your housemate's name was? Her name's Sue Jung. Sue Jung. Do you still keep in touch with her? Oh, yeah. yeah. Awesome. We're, we're still very Facebook exciting. friends. Uh, she's living in Norway right now. Oh, nice. Yeah, very are they, cool. are they oh. also social distancing? Or? Uh, probably. I'm, okay. I'm, 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 I'm assuming. Yeah, her husband's Norwegian. Oh, gotcha. Ah, okay. Gotcha. So, so you, you start down this journey, and then... At some point, you decide, I think the weight's going to be heavier. How do you make this transition to, from you know, general fitness and health to powerlifting, which is probably the opposite at this point? Oh, yeah. This is, yeah. If, if, there, were, if there were ever two you know, night and day differences, it would be you know, the 20-year-old Jennifer getting for personal training mm-hmm. from Lifetime Fitness and then you know, the, the Jennifer you see on the platform right now. Uh, I had a friend at uh, Fermilab, his name's Dan, mm-hmm. and uh, he and I met when I made a complete asshole comment in some colloquium. Jen, Jen making asshole comments? I know. No. Crazy. Whoa, whoa, no. Well, no. pump the brakes. I yeah, know, right? I refuse to believe that yeah. Jen would ever do that. Yeah, and that was kind of the beginning of our relationship where I, you know, I raised my hand in the middle of this colloquium speaker's talk, 
and I asked him like a completely inherently obvious question that he couldn't answer. And he was in the back of the room and he's like, I need to meet that girl. So he and I ended up, you know, meeting up and talking and he was into bodybuilding at the time. Mm. And I kind of told him, you know, what I was up to and what I was doing at Lifetime. And he's like, well, that's stupid. <laughs> he's like, that's nice if that's what you well, that's what you want. Sure, sure. I get it. Yeah. And he's like, but you're not really going to, you know, get strong if you don't lift like real weights he's like you've got you know and he would like look through the personal training stuff that i did and he's like you need lots of free weights he's like you need to do stuff that's heavy i'm like oh this is heavy he's like no it's not (laughs) wrong yeah wrong yeah he would you know look at what we were doing he's like this is great for helping you get in shape he's like but if you really want to be stronger and if you really want to gain some actual solid muscle he's like we need to find you a gym where you can train at where there are people that are like-minded of getting stronger for being strong. Okay. And so uh, we ended up finding, believe it or not, Core Fitness in Aurora, <laughs> Illinois. RIP Core Fitness in Aurora, Illinois. Rip. Yeah. And uh, so now we're in, what, probably 2006? Six. Mm-hmm. Probably into 2007. Yeah. So... Uh, you know, he was into bodybuilding, and then uh, I thought that, like, strongman stuff was, like, really cool, you know, because he would show me, you know, videos and stuff sure. that I had never seen before. I'm like, whoa, people do this? That's so cool. We should do this. So I got him into doing strongman stuff, okay. and then uh, he saw the things that I really liked in strongman, and he's like, okay, um, you know, those are actual lifts and powerlifting. You know that, right? So, like, maybe you could try out powerlifting. And I was like, yeah, cool. Let's go be a powerlifter. And so that I, at core, let's go play powerlifting. Let's go play powerlifting. So at the time, core fitness, um, had a downstairs kind of like a, a dungeon basement where normal members didn't go down, uh, into, but you know, where chalk was allowed and you know, the same, uh, you're really similar to Kieran's, uh, story about finding the basement gym. Yeah, and I remember taking monolift a monolift out of that basement area. Oh yeah, up those up that awful set of stairs. Yep, definitely. <laughs> yeah, you know the same. You know, I don't know. I don't know if it was a disturbed CD or uh, you know some kind of heavy metal. ACDC. Maybe who knows? <laughs> you know the heavy metal playing in the background, and you know it wasn't really clean. You know there was chalk dust everywhere. Very and, dungeony. Know, yeah, kind of dungeony. I'm like, well, this is kind of cool. You know, like normal, you know, lifetime fitness members, <laughs> you know, that kind of mindset person would totally be turned off by, you know, Ew. the dungeon. I know. Oh, it's so dirty down here. Jeez. But no, I was like, this is cool. <laughs> Who are these people? And so I met up with my first powerlifting coach there, Peter Royo. Nice. And uh, so this was in 2006 into 2007. And Pete took me on. Uh, and I guess I, sh- I should really say in the very beginning permitted me to train around the times that he and his powerlifting team trained. And, you know, I would need to learn how to work the monolift. And I wasn't allowed uh, in the monolift until I could squat a plate. Wow. Yeah. How long did that take? Uh, a while, actually, you know, because I was... He probably figured that was like a rite of passage. If you stuck around, stuck around oh, long enough to do that, then... Absolutely. You know, the, I... Were there any other females at that time? No, no. So I was, I was the only girl... Um, girl, I think girl, 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 <laughs> alert, think, alert. I know, right? What's she doing down here? She lost. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think it was at the time it was Pete. Um, 
Uh, do you remember Hussein? Yep. Hussein Abdul Aziz, I think his name yeah, was. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Tom Jacobs. Yep, remember him. Wow. Oh, gosh. I'd have to probably. Was Mike Randall with that group? Or was that later? Oh, he might have been before they went to, uh, what's in Batavia? Riverview or River, something? Yeah, River Fitness or something. R- yeah, yeah. I think that's where uh, they okay. started training out of. Okay. Yeah, I remember. I remember that original crew though. The, the Royale Power Team. Yeah, yeah. And oh, Royale. Yeah, and there was probably just you know a handful of guys that were there, and there was a set schedule, and I was in the power rack, and when you know for squat day, I was in the power rack, and when I needed help, I needed to approach everybody else at the monolift and wait my turn. And ask everyone if they would come over and spot me and help me. You couldn't and, just yell spotters? Uh, no, no. You could not just yell, space! Or you couldn't just be like, ugh. How come, like, no one's paying attention to me? Because they wouldn't. Because, you know. They didn't care. They didn't care. If you wanted to be there, you know, you had to kind of show that, you know, what they're doing is important to you. You know, I was the one, you, you know, their attention. re-wrapping knee, re-wrapping everybody's knee wraps. Sure. I was the one changing the height on the monolift and, you know, learning how to use the monolift. Mm-hmm. Sure. Even though I wasn't allowed to squat <laughs> in the monolift, I knew how to adjust it at least. So there at least go. I had that going for me. You know, and I would change my weights on my squat bar and then I would go back over to the monolift and help them. And then mm-hmm. when it was my turn, I would then ask them to come over to the squat rack to help me. And I don't know if they thought that I would actually stick around, but I ended up sticking around and I actually ended up squatting a plate one day, which was very exciting. And then Pete's like, well, you need to go get some, you need to get yourself some powerlifting gear. (laughs) (laughs) So off to Franz's gym, I went. Uh, What was his name? The guy in the front. Bobby? This, oh, I about to say, was this the Tex era or the Bobby era? I think this was the Bobby era. Oh, okay. Crackhead Bobby. Crackhead sure. Bobby. Oh, God. Yeah. So, uh, I've heard about Crackhead You get some Bobby. cash discounts back in that era. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, what, a, what an interesting operation that was. It's <laughs> an interesting group, just this sport. It's all <laughs> yeah. the cast of characters that come through this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I ended up getting myself um, uh, the Franz briefs that I still wear. Uh, I ended up getting myself a navy blue uh, Franz powerlifting suit, which I think I loaned to some kid named Eric in 2013 or 2015. Mm-hmm. So tall, skinny kid named Eric. If you're listening, I know you have blonde hair. don't remember your last name, but I want that suit back. <laughs> So you know it at me because I ain't tall and skinny. Yeah, I know. That's why I said tall. But he's blonde. Yes, he 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 yeah, he's blonde hair too. Yeah, so. <laughs> And then I got myself a, a, a bench shirt as well and then started learning how to use all of the powerlifting gear because Pete told me to. <laughs> now, in that era, was Pete following some kind of conjugate program with you guys or were you just kind of just, you know, progressive overload every week? Um, I, I think that there was – this might have been just before Pete went <clears throat> to a 10-day cycle – where we had, you know, some kind of mixture of a heavier day and a lighter day. And I do okay. remember very early on seeing people using bands and chains and there were box squats bands. and there were box squats to foam smooshy pads and there were, you know, there were different bars. Um, I don't believe at that time we had like a safety squat bar or like a spider bar but i Probably do the remember bully bar, right? 
probably, and I know that we had a, a Buffalo bar. Yeah. The Buffalo bar we still yeah. have in the gym, actually. Oh, that's the same? That's Pete's? No kidding. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was Pete's. No kidding. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know Pete eventually, which I think is pretty interesting. It's just hard to work logistically. Eventually, he went to, like Jen said, a 10-day cycle where mm-hmm. it was basically Monday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Monday was your week. Right. So it would be like Monday, max yeah, effort. always doing different lifts right. on different days. Monday, max effort squat. Wednesday, max effort bench. Friday, Friday dynamic effort lower. And then the following Monday, dynamic effort upper. So it, 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 you'd have the same crew in the same days. Right. But you, mm-hmm. you, you wouldn't be doing the same you know, workout on those days. Right. Which right. there's some sense to the... The, it was really the, comfortable. The extra recovery of only yeah. lifting three days a week. Right, yeah. Right. You know, there were lots of happy knees and happy elbows. Like, mm. there wasn't, you know, oh, ever. I don't know what that's like right now. I know, right? Oh, sorry. Ooh, too soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. that's to be fair, there also wasn't any deloading back then either. I don't believe so. No. Interesting. Peter Royo didn't believe in that. Yeah, I, I believe that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, I, I don't oh, think all that All gas, I, no brakes. Yeah, well, I don't think I. He eventually had to hit the brakes pretty hard. Yeah, I don't think I remember doing any deloading in my programming until you started writing it. Yeah. So you're training with these dudes. You go get some some really tight polyester stuff, which I'm sure was really fun trying to get on. Oh, super fun. Which probably none of the dudes necessarily wanted to help you with because oh, they didn't know no, how abs- to. Absolutely not. No. Yeah. <laughs> which is fine. Yeah. You know, um, you're you on your own to a plate. You're on your own now, too. <laughs> I mean, I remember getting in my first suit. It took me 45 minutes. And then afterward, Amy Jackson was like, oh, I gave you an, an extra loose one. Because, <laughs> and I was like, that's loose? Um but so you're you're yeah. doing this powerlifting stuff. How does that then transition into your first meet? So I think that my first meet uh, was your first Rise of the Deadlift meet wow. in October of 2007. Mm-hmm. And that October, I ended up doing uh, two different events. I did uh, your Rise of the Deadlift in the end of October. And then earlier in October, I ended up doing this um, uh, North American Strongman uh, it was sponsored by like a line life chiropractic uh, in Morton, Illinois. Okay. It was, it was part of like their, uh, I don't know if it was like a festival or part of their like. Create new customers Morton festival. days or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Since it was, you know, just kind of like a last hurrah after Labor Day, you know, because mm-hmm. it was in early October. Um, and at that Align Life Strongman, I think that there was like a truck pull, a put it over your head event, uh pick it up and run with it event, you know, typical strongman stuff. Yep. And then the rise of the deadlift was my uh, first deadlift only meet. And I just, I went to open powerlifting uh, the other day. And of course, open powerlifting keeps you pretty honest. It pretty it shows you, <laughs> it shows you everything that you've done. Yep. And I think that my first deadlift, my opening deadlift attempt was like 195. And remind you, like this was in, I don't think I had briefs on under my little poly suit but I do, if I look at the, the pictures that I found, like I, I do have on that little poly suit. Yep. And uh, I think my second deadlift attempt was 220 or 225. Wow. Or two, whatever, 226 or whatever it is. And then I think I ended up with like 240. And okay. I was like really proud of that. <laughs> I know. I was, that was, that's so crazy. That's great, great. I know. I was like, wow. You went, you went three for three. So there you I go. Went th- I, yeah, I went three for three. It was the first, uh, it was the first time anyone had held a deadlift only event. Yep. yep. Nice. Because I mean, the, before the only, only event was a bench only competition. So sure. now did, did you do any of the strongman competitions besides the one or? 
Uh, yeah, I kind of dabbled in that for a little while. Mm -hmm. um, the thing that I didn't like, and this is just going to just sound like so whiny of me. The thing I didn't like about Strongman was how much it hurts. No okay. one ever really talks about that. So anybody that's like following, you know, strong man or strong woman competitors and they're, you know, you, got, you guys are watching them, you know, load odd implements to, mm -hmm. you know, different height platforms or take like these giant cement stones and throw them over a bar. I mean, these athletes are amazing. Mm -hmm. How they can kind of separate away how much that implement is hurting their body as they're lifting it. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Especially when you're doing the endurance events, because it, it's sometimes just mind over matter. Oh, 100%. Holding on to farmer's handles or whatever. Oh, 100%. And the farmer's ham handles are smooth, right? right? A lot of these odd object loads, you know, you're holding like an anvil, or you're holding like a Husafelt stone, which yeah. has like sharp or the, edges. Or the Africa stone, which is just oblong and weird. Yeah, yeah. And you have to pick it up and run with it. And, yeah. you know, the, the stone is digging into your skin mm -hmm. because a lot of these events are outside and during the summer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So mm -hmm. that was the thing that kind of turned me off about uh, Strongman, even though, you know, as a whole, as far as like, you know, mentally stimulating with always having different events at different contests sure. and always having, you know, sure. different implements to train with. It kind of is a little more exciting than powerlifting, but it definitely, the trade-off it is, it definitely hurts way more. <laughs> Fair. So you, so you talked about, go ahead, Eric. Oh, I was just going to ask, uh, you did one deadlift only meet, then, you know, you obviously liked it enough to continue. You did a full oh, meet yeah, at some I was point after that. I was completely hooked. Mm -hmm. Like there was, there was, there was no turning back after my first powerlifting meet. Okay. Um, I immediately entered the, the following state meet in mm -hmm. uh, probably March, yeah, the probably Illinois state meet. March in, 08. Yeah, March of 2008. Both at Velocity. Oh, yeah, yeah, both at the Velocity Sports Complex. That's right. Nice. So then you, you progress to the sport. You start, you know, getting more lifting experience, your training. What are your best lifting competitions so far? Uh, so far, my best lifts, and this is not all the same meet, mm -hmm. Um I have a 562 uh, squat. And what meet was that at? Uh, that would have been at Nationals uh, mm -hmm. just in 2019. Okay. Uh, so this is APF Nationals mm -hmm. in Grand Rapids uh, just last year. Yep. Um, my best bench is 385 plus record setting chips yeah, or like whatever. 386-ish. Three-ish. And that ish. was? And that was just at the WPO semifinals. And the then my best. Corona Classic. <laughs> yeah, hashtag Corona Classic 2020. Columbus, we are in you. <laughs> and then the, uh, my best deadlift was 474, which was also at uh, the semifinals. Yeah, that was, that was pretty awesome to be able to be on the platform with you. All for, equipped. For that. Yeah, all equipped. Yeah. I, have you, have I think you ever done a meet raw? I, I have done one meet raw, and that okay. was a USP, I did a USPF meet. Uh, at Lance's gym, of course, of course, and that probably had to be 2011 or 2012. And I think the only reason I did that meet was I had just bombed in a UPA power weekend or something uh -huh. uh, that was the previous month in November. I don't know if it was power weekend or battle on the Mississippi. I think November's battle on the Mississippi. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So I... Uh, I missed all three of my squats in Dubuque on weight. I mean, I was just and I was just absolutely loading the bar too heavy for my opener. You know, I had, you know, just so much confidence going into that meet. It was just disgusting. And uh, <laughs> womp womp. <laughs> exactly. And then you know the weights don't lie. And I think I I missed. 
actually, I think I missed 474 three times in a row. I'll have to look. I'll look it up. Wow. Yeah, so I missed that three times in a row, and then uh, I was out, and so I was very angry, and then I ended up doing a, uh, a raw meet at Lance's gym, and I, I think that was the first time I had ever benched 200 pounds raw. Wow. Okay. So that was pretty cool. That was fun. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I don't remember what my other two lifts were. I think my deadlift was probably at that time around four. My deadlift wasn't terrible. Mm-hmm. I mean, it stayed terrible for a while. But <laughs> <laughs> and then I can't remember. <laughs> womp womp womp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I, I probably squatted something in the threes. I don't know. I'd have to look. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So yeah, that was my that was my one raw meat ever. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and that was enough. <laughs> <laughs> So you kind of talked about how you got to this point. Um, maybe talk about, you know, why powerlifting has been something you've continued to do. I mean, we're talking about 05. It's now 2020. You're still training. You're still competing. Yeah, it's 15 years, folks. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, con- this year doesn't count anymore. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. yeah. You actually have competed this year, unlike other people who yeah. are supposed to compete, and who knows when that will happen. Oh, my gosh. I know. I couldn't believe, you know, just kind of like reminiscing looking back on the calendar mm-hmm. you know we i went to uh worldpowerliftingcongress.com and you click under meets and you look at meet results and the meet results for 2020 there's like five or six meets there yep. right and right. i was like oh my gosh because you know we started the what is it what, what does illinois call it shelter in place shelter in place probably the third weekend right before the state meet yeah it's supposed to be yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah the third mm-hmm. week in march and you know that was the first weekend in march yeah. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Yeah. I, I, the timing was just absolutely phenomenal yeah. for that. It's crazy. So why has powerlifting been something you've continued upon through these years? I mean, once it's kind of weird, you know, and for somebody that hasn't competed before and from somebody who tells themselves and tells other people they'll never compete, you know, one of the things about competition is, you know, the stuff that you do in the gym doesn't count. Sure. Right. So like, I don't want to hear about your PRs in the gym because who cares? I mean, if you're proud of yourself, great. That's wonderful. Mm -hmm. But when you're up on the platform and I think, I think Dick Zenzen is one of the people who really kind of like, you know, put this in stone for me for when, you know, I was either happy about, or maybe, you know, not too happy about one of my competitions. Mm -hmm. He goes, Jennifer, you were just, and this was probably uh, one of the uh, world meets that we went to because he was talking about world-level judging. <clears throat> he goes, Jennifer, you were just on the world stage with the strictest judging possible. Mm-hmm. And those people agreed that you did a marvelous job at your lifting. And, you know, it kind of was like, wow, you know, the stuff that we do in the gym, sure, it matters. It gets you there. But there's this sense of accomplishment that you get from competition, there is just this, and, and it doesn't need to be, you know, you can kind of turn it into like this external validation thing. You know, a lot of times the judging that we have at our meets is consistent and solid mm-hmm. and very reproducible. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that I really appreciate. I know that if I get my squat, you know, thumbs up, white lights, you know, that was a good squat, and that right. was a squat away from home. Mm-hmm. Most of the time it's with, 
you know, a hotel stay, and sometimes it's a plane ride, mm-hmm. and all of these variables that are all different. You know, you don't have your special song playing because no one cares about your special stupid song. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, you don't necessarily know what exactly, you know, everything that's going to go into your day, but... Inferior spotters. <laughs> yeah, especially at the WPO and the other... Whoa, oh. whoa, hey, <laughs> Just hey. kidding, I'm just kidding, because I know. Well, good thing you're not a super final, so don't worry about it. So. <laughs> oh, wow, yeah. at least hey. I lifted. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Uh, Getting a savage here. This is what we do. You know, it's it is what it is. But there's, so. you know, there's just fuck off. <laughs> there's there's just something that's just like it's just there's the sense of accomplishment, but at the same time, you're like, okay, I'm really happy about what I did, but I know I can do better. There must sure. be more. There yeah, must be there more. Has, there has to be more than this. And, you know, you are always it's at these power. Basically, you're a crack addict. You're just trying totally. to the next Oh, high. completely. You're totally always catching the next high. And, you know, it doesn't help that you end up being surrounded by, and I can honestly say this because, you know, I've been to a lot of my friends' sporting events. I've been, you know, especially as a high school teacher, mm-hmm. you know, you find yourself at your students' sporting events. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've been, uh, I have rugby in my background and also horseback riding at a comp- at a competitive level. There's no venue with, you know, the, you know, the feeling of being on stage and then the, also the feeling of being surrounded by everybody cheering for you. The camaraderie. Yeah. Your teammates and people who you're competing against. So every single meet that I go to, I end up meeting somebody who either I've heard about or found on social media mm-hmm. or they found me on social media or we know each other, a friend through a friend, mm-hmm. and you end up meeting this amazing group of people. It's a community, yeah. Who as a whole want everyone to succeed. Yeah. Yeah, that's what drew me into the sport at my first meet, definitely. And I mean, if you look at other strength sports and a lot of this also, and I I can only speak for this and, and competitive strongman, Mm -hmm. because those are the only two that I've been into at a competitive level. Both of them have similar feelings to that. But I also know that like, and I'm sure, you know, uh, in the comments section, you know, people will definitely correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure that this kind of feeling isn't around with physique isn't around with fitness and bodybuilding no, and the bikini you're, competitors. Because your, your opponent is next to you on stage in those cases, whereas your your opponent, so to speak, is... And you're being judged directly against them, uh, not, and not an objective number. Right. That, you know, at the end of the day... Yeah, fair. You I could ha- think about it like you that. You could have arguments about judging, but at the end of the day, <clears throat> let's say judging is equal... Mm-hmm. Um, Usually, it's an objective number that you did versus what they did. Right. And, versus and your, your there's a lot of subjectivity in bodybuilding. The bar versus that person's, you know, up next on, in the order. Yeah. And I, because I know that feeling, you know, just doesn't exist elsewhere. I like that we just mansplained all that to you. That's uh, no, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> sure. The, <laughs> the uh, you know, the friendships that you build, you know, mm-hmm. the relationships that you keep, you know, I think that. Uh, Debbie Daminga and I met each other, gosh, probably in Dubuque, and it had to have been you. like, yeah, it had to have been like 2000 and maybe 10. I'd have to look back. I have a picture of us, you know, wow. a selfie that we took. And I think Rachel Nutter is in the background of that selfie as well. <laughs> That's right. But I mean, like, these are people who, you know, we just find each other, we stick together, and 
all you have day in and day out is this community of people, right? Let's say that, you know, your lifting is totally in the garbage, Mm -hmm. right? Let's say that, you know, you're just kind of in a funk and you don't want to train. You have people texting you. You have people on your Facebook wall and your Instagram posts, you know, sliding into the DMs, right? Wondering when you're going to compete again. (laughs) Wondering (laughs) when you're going to compete again. And it's like, that's just like such a wonderful community, like fam, like totally dysfunctional, but oh, yeah. dysfunctional family feeling. And, you know, this sport kind of just sucks you in and hopes that you stay. It understands if you don't. Mm-hmm. And right. when you come back is completely excited and, you know. We're like, fire- we're like puppies, basically. Yeah, fireworks, yeah. Banners going up when you return. It's very easy to return to the sport, too. Well, because you did take, what, about a one- or two-year hiatus from competing? Yeah, I took, I took actually, from everything. It probably was almost, almost a year and a half. I'll have to look at the calendar. But it was a while that I wasn't competing, and um, that probably turned into almost a calendar year of not even lifting. And, uh, you know, one of uh, the lifters that we know ended up contacting me and asking me if I wanted to come lift at 2XL. And I ended up coming back to just, just watch a meet. You know, they explained to me that, oh, you know, just come, just come watch the meet, say hi to everybody. And, you know, you know, once you watch the meet. Oh, yeah. One, you, know, you, you know, you start itching. You're like, oh, I got to get back on the platform. I know, right? That would have been the 2014 Rise of the Deadlift. Rise of the Deadlift. That's Wasn't right. that one of the first meets that you came and watched, Bane? That was the very first meet. I wow. ever was a spectacle. Lily and I were there. Oh, no kidding. Yes. Yes. So my first meet. And that's, that was not in a big space either. No, not it's at like all. like 3,000 square feet. The, the first meet was that Illinois oh State God. meet where oh you made gosh. sure everybody knew about my singlet. And yeah, then that, was, that was awful. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> Still, another great thing about the powerlifting community, right, is the very first time that Jen and I met, she roasted me in front of a few hundred people. Uh, and then, I mean, it wasn't even just a wardrobe malfunction. Oh, no, it was bad. It was like you do not own a full-length mirror. No, no. I, I, I didn't own a signal. It was a problem. <laughs> but, yeah, so my very first meet that I went to as a spectator was uh, with, with my daughter, Lily, who also is a lifter now, and uh, was that 2014 uh, lift. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that I was helping uh, one of our lifters, Alex, either in her bench or her deadlift, by the end of the, you know, by the end of the meet, you know, I was already you, you like. You definitely were because we saw you on somebody. stage. Yeah. Oh, maybe I was handing off to her in the bench. Yeah. And Lily says was. something about, so who is that? I was like, I don't know what she roasted me at the uh, state meet. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> He's a real asshole. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I ended up coming back and I ended up training again. And it was like, once I got into my groove, it was like I never left. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, then talk a little bit about, you talked that you've always competed equipped. Right. Um, back when you started, like, you know, Peter Royo just said, hey, go this get, is what you need. Like, go get a pair of briefs yeah, and a bench is, shirt. Yeah. And, and most lifters. And I'm like, what's briefs and a bench shirt? Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's funny because most <laughs> lifters now would be like, Hell, would be like, are what you, are you even talking about? And why, why would are you, you equipped? Why would you ever want to do that? Why would <laughs> you start you know, with the, that? The USAPL doesn't do that. <laughs> so why have you continued to lift equipped considering that now, Really, raw has certainly grown a ton, and there. Oh, it back, sure has. Back in two thousand five, there was no availability for that. It was starting, but now certainly but there's. Raw was there's, how you trained back then, right? That was when you warmed up and, and trained, right? <laughs> and you know, I really wish that I had more pictures and videos from earlier meets, mm-hmm. 
so that I can kind of show people, you know, I mean, sure, you can go in the old powerlifting USA magazines and, you know, we do every look up, weekly. Uh, yeah. You, you know, look up old I, I know results you to them, so. all the time. Uh, you know, <laughs> look up old uh, senior and was at that time it was called junior and senior nationals. Yep. Look up senior nationals results. And, you know, you would see that, you know, there weren't like equipment classes. Mm-hmm. Just it was just open. equipped. It was just all equipped. There wasn't raw or raw with wraps or, you know, raw with fan club, you know, or. That's Instagram. Uh, there's oh, 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 there's oh, Instagram poli- police and fire. Yeah. Well, that was around back then, actually. Okay. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Police and. Yeah. Poli- raw police and fire. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Masters four. <laughs> yeah. Illinois Did State. Batch only. <laughs> with wraps. With wraps. <laughs> Yeah, there, 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 there were no differentiations. Mm-hmm. You just lift in, and, and at the time, of course, you know, getting involved, you're just very naive, and you just do whatever your coach tells you to do. Now I just you, did what I was told. No, exactly. Now the the choices are just completely limitless. And I mean, sure, you know, there's always you know the battle between you know weightlifters and powerlifters and crossfitters. But I mean, really. With the advent of having raw divisions, now all of those lifters have a way to go in between all of these competitive sports, and I think that's great. Mm-hmm. Sure. And, and because of that, we've seen a lot more people come into powerlifting, which is awesome because it's the greatest sport on the planet. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I'm just Facts. gonna yeah, I'm just gonna stay multiply because you know that it's just like in my blood. There's just something that is completely amazing about putting on your bench shirt and being scared about how much weight you're holding in your hands. And people are like, oh, yeah, sure. When I'm, you know, going for a PR, you know, some raw dog will be like, yeah, when I'm going for a PR, I'm, I'm scared of the weight. I'm like, no, nah, bro, you don't understand. Yeah, when unless you're, you're equipped, Julius Maddox. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You don't understand. When you're equipped, you are terrified sometimes of what's <laughs> on the bar. And your central nervous system is like, bro, are you sure? And yeah. you're like, yeah, I'm sure. We're going to do go. this. Yeah, we're going to do this, and it's going to be awesome. Yeah. And there's just something that's just, I don't know, so exhilarating. And maybe, maybe it's like an adrenaline high. Maybe I, I'm an adrenaline That's what I would junkie. say. Oh, yeah. There yeah, is, I, think, I think there is more, having done them both, I think there is more of an adrenaline rush oh, with totally. the crazy geared lifts than raw lifts. And not that you wouldn't get that with raw um, but that extra technical element, mm-hmm. that extra, you know. Well, also, it's, a, it's also a, an extra professional kind of tweak, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Who, who knows what, you know, the gear that they're using? Who knows it well enough right, to, to make the most sure out that everything, you know, kind of aligns it's, perfectly? It's not just brute country strength. I mean, there's, yeah. that, there's an element of that. But there is, to your point, there is a te- technical piece of it. It, it. To me, it's like, okay, you've got... The shallow end of the pool, the deep end of the pool is like the really elite raw lifters, and then equipped lifters like open water, like the that's no. <laughs> yeah, basically yeah, swimming with the sharks. <laughs> yeah. that, that's what it feels like to well, me. Well, I remember the first raw meet we ran, and like I know Irv Demansky lifted in that first Irv. raw meet, and he was like, I didn't know what to do before I was getting on the platform. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, because you're so used to as an equipped lifter, like getting your knees wrapped and getting your straps set. Yeah, and then your the timing, wrapped. the timing. Right, and there's when like when you start wrapping, and there's like a whole procedure. Who's got your belt? And then mm-hmm. who's you know, going to do the straps on your squat suit? Who's going to slap you in the face if you're Irv Demansky? <laughs> Leanne, of course. <laughs> Sometimes he had a friend that oh, would geez. come. <laughs> well, but then you fast forward to then what was it, 2015 AAPF Nationals, mm-hmm. and you had like is that in the Weston? No, that, that would have been the one that in was Glen in, Ellen. Yeah. 
oh yeah and, and the you, glass staircase right right right, right. and you had <laughs> you had our the female raw lifters that were literally like lined up single file oh my god getting that ready to lift on the platform awful. wow that, that beat was just absolutely terrible i was the only equipped lifter in the second or third flight and all of these raw females had chosen weights that were like either absolutely identical to the person and the three lifters before them. So there mm-hmm. was not even, you know, 132.5, exactly. 132.5, There was not more even, like just 32.5. <laughs> there was not even the time delay of changing the bar. So there I am, you know, in the back, you know, cause I've got like my timing down by then. Okay. I know I need to have my briefs on by this time, my squat suit on. And then all of a sudden, Jane Gimmel, you're on deck. All, yeah, all of a sudden, they're on third attempts, and my squat suit's not even on. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my God, I am screwed. Wow. Yeah, it was awful. Yeah, that's a – sorry. I, I totally just hijacked your story. But. Oh, I don't know. That, that fits right in because, again, they were just literally single-file line. <laughs> it was awful. They were literally waiting in a single-file line, yeah. waiting to go on the platform versus, like, you go to the WPO <clears throat> – yeah. And like you're yeah. trying to figure out where you can have your spot for you and your who can camp out where and yeah. right and and there's a very specific timing to when to wrap your knees when to wrap the other knee so as you get up and you don't time out but at the same time you're ready to go when right. you're time to go right. yeah so. but I mean that to me that's part of the pomp and circumstance part of, the of game. competing yeah mm-hmm. right sure. and I, I think that like I don't know if this is a fair analogy. I, it's 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 difficult, you know, as an equipped lifter to come up with relatable analogies. But I mean, you know, you look at swimmers, for example. Mm-hmm. Not many swimmers are are going to always swim in practice in the same, I guess, outfit or costume that mm-hmm. they do when they compete. You know, you watch the Olympics. You know, Michael Phelps and other lifter mm-hmm. or uh, lifters, <laughs> other swimmers are going to have, you know, those suits that they wear mm-hmm. so sure. it's, and of course they can swim faster yeah with the suits on because if you think about it you know the, the resistance from the water isn't going to be you know as as bad and you know they have these specialized pieces of equipment because it is a timed event yeah right. and the purpose of that timed event is to swim the fastest fastest Right, and so here we are in powerlifting, mm-hmm. right? And I mean, I want to go onto the platform and I want to be as badass as possible lifting the most amount of weight as possible. Right. So yeah, I'm going to wrap myself up. I'm going to find as many plies of canvas as I can, mm-hmm. many plies of polyester, and I'm going to stitch them together. <laughs> and, f- and figure out how to leverage that to get the most out of it. And yeah, exactly. While also leveraging the musculoskeletal structure you have. And it's, it's incredibly tedious frustrating and complicated learning new pieces of powerlifting equipment and mm-hmm. i absolutely love it chestnut it's, checkers kids it's it's fun yeah mm-hmm. and it's hard it's really hard to like explain to like somebody you know who always lifts raw and they're like oh i wrap my wrists and you watch them like loosely wrap their wrists i'm like oh that's so, cute that's cute right exactly i'm like no I'm like here let me wrap your wrists for you <laughs> my hands are white and i can't or, open them or just wrap their knees for the first time <laughs> yeah so i mean what's that yeah exactly <laughs> yeah so so many lifters here you know hadn't had their knees wrapped before and then you know we start wrapping their knees you know not in ace bandage mm. style wraps yeah yeah very very true yeah so you know, eric alluded to it a little bit you, can you talk about your experience with the WPO? You've you've lifted in a couple of these as it's been uh, as it's come back. You know why was it such an experience for you? You know, and the other lifters. You know, just kind of talk through. You know, the the 2018 and then the 2020 semifinals. 
So um, in, I think it had to have been, we were in Jacksonville, Florida for APF Nationals. APF Equip Nationals. Yeah, yeah. Equip Nationals. And uh, at the very end of the meet, and it had to have been the end of... I think that was actually maybe even 2017. Because I think it was, he was talking about it coming back the following year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because remember that Worlds was actually in Russia, I think. Yeah, that's Yeah, because right. that was the Worlds debacle, wasn't it? Yes, that's yeah. a whole other story. Maybe yes. we should have. <laughs> we should do an episode on that. We, we could have Debbie scene. Damagon and she could tell us the whole story. Oh, I would, oh, that's a perfect segue to get Debbie on here. Yeah, yes. no doubt. Yeah, no. Anyway. Uh, yeah, and if, if anyone, if you ever want the, the truth, the full truth and nothing but the truth, just given to you straight, absolutely. As far as meat storytelling, you should have the damning us on. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I've yes. seen a whole report on that meat, so I, I, yeah, I, I heard, heard it secondhand, and it was horrible. But anyway. Anyway, yeah. moving on. Um, and uh, at the very end, it had to have been at the second day, because you know, usually the women lift first and the men lift on the second day. It had to have been in the end of the second day, Wayne Pullum gets onto the microphone at the end of the meet and kind of announces the return of the WPO. Mm-hmm. And... I was like, wait, what? And it was funny because, you know, that was something that I hadn't heard about in years. Well, since 2007. 2007, yeah. And it was in the very, you know, beginning, all of the lifters, you know, you would train for, you know, APF Senior Nationals. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, only the best of the best were chosen. That was the path to the the WPO. For this all-encompassing, amazing feats of strength, Mm -hmm. you know, exciting powerlifting meet called the WPO. And, you know, being around probably now for so about, what, 13 or so years competing and, you know, maybe 15 or so years lifting, but Mm -hmm. really only about 13 or 14 years Mm -hmm. uh, lifting with powerlifting, you know, you end up hearing so many stories about how great the lifts were and how great the lifters were at the WPO. And beforehand, the WPO started as only for, only for men. Mm-hmm. And even when Wayne first announced it, he actually... Even for when Wayne first announced it. He announced it was only going to be men. And I think it was... He got so many inquiries right. and mm-hmm. people asking, can you add a women's division? Can you add a women's division? And yeah. he also got a lot of questions for... Adding a bench only division that he right. didn't add, yeah, that, that but he did. About. But he did shortly add <coughs> a women's division um, to the fray. Mm-hmm. And uh, for this uh, WPO meet, you know, you would just see, you know, I, I guess, you know, people would have had videotapes. Mm-hmm. From back beta, then. beta tapes, yeah, <laughs> seriously, yeah, and you would watch these old videotapes, and I mean, and even on the videotapes, the meat just looked amazing, mm-hmm. and you know, from probably for like a decade, I guess, uh, through whatever management debacles had happened, payouts for the lifters not being fulfilled. We talked about that we last did, week, yep. and I'm. I'm just staying, I'm just doing facts. I'm staying completely neutral. <laughs> just, yep, we get it. Uh, you know, the, the WPO was gone. And I think but that... But still had that, it still had that name recognition behind it. Right, it still had it, the name recognition, but not issues. for the new, right, but not for the new lifters that were coming in. Even some of them, I think, had kind of heard. Had, had heard of there, it, was, there was a mystique sort. about it. There definitely was. And it was, it was exciting to finally hear somebody talking about it again. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I have to be there. I have to get there. And so to find out that it was 
coming back after 10 years and that not only it was coming back, that it was coming back with a women's division mm-hmm. and that I was invited to lift in it. Yeah, I think was amazing. I think we had saw you had asked me, do you think I qualify? And then I think Wayne had put out, here's the qualifying total for females. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you had the qualifying total already or if you had to go get it. Yeah, I'd have, to, I'd have to look back. I can't remember, but I remember us emailing Wayne and asking him to be put on the list. Yeah, yeah, I'd have to look. And for that first one, there was 30 men, 30 women, approximately. Yeah. And, and you, were, you had qualified as part of that. Yeah. And that was all in one day for the first one. Yeah. <laughs> one very, heard, very long day. Heard, yeah, heard one long day on the last day of a seven-day-long WPC <laughs> Worlds, that which was, I was at every day but the last yeah, day. Was, every day but the first day. Right. Howard was at there the whole time. Wow. Um, Naturally. Yeah. <laughs> because well, Howard. <laughs> right. So then, so then let's fast forward, you know, 2019, we have the Super Finals, and then they announce the, uh, the rosters, and there was obviously some adjustments for the semifinals at the Arnold. Can you talk about that and then walk us up to, to the Arnold and that experience? Sure. Um, so I ended up competing right in 2018, and it was awesome. It was probably, to date, that was, at the time, the best meet that I had had in my life. Mm-hmm. I, I had my uh, second time, I had a fourth attempt bench, mm-hmm. and so that was really cool. I lifted, I lifted really well, and I was still pretty hungry for more. And then I had... Always end, hungry. Always. And then, you know, letter class, always mm-hmm. hungry. <laughs> well, and despite the fact that it was a very long day, and it wasn't the greatest meet we've ever run, um, because of the lights and the ramp, Oh um, my gosh. And the spotlight atmosphere. So cool. yeah. it, it had a, it definitely had a different atmosphere than the typical just regular meet in a hotel ballroom. Oh right. yeah, it was so cool. I mean, there was a cage, there was a walk down, there yeah. were stanchions up that had you know lights at all these different angles. It Smoke was, machine. Oh my gosh, it was so cool. It was the neatest thing ever. <laughs> um, and then coming into uh, you know 2019. Uh, I ended up competing, and then I did not end up having a qualifying total for uh, the WPO in 2019. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was, I was super, like, super bummed about it. But, you know, at the same token, I, you know, I don't want to be given anything that I didn't earn. Yep. If I want an invitation, I want to have had earned it. A top right. 15 total. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, well, you know, bummer. Didn't, didn't get what I needed to in 2019. Mm-hmm. And then we hear in 2020 that there's going to be um, a, uh, a semifinals and then there's going to be a finals. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, well, this is super exciting now. So uh, in 2019, I ended up taking uh, some time off over the summer. Yeah, uh, you did. Wow, yeah. So <laughs> my friends and I went on vacations. Like I lived life like a normal person, okay? I Be- went on vacations. Oh, my gosh. I lived best my best life. life. It was just amazing. <laughs> normal I, person without kids. Exactly. Normal, yeah. yeah. <laughs> normal yeah. person without kids, I guess. Well, don't people with kids go on vacations? Not vacations. like you did. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, whatever. We came close. I mean, <laughs> did our 10 days in Florida. Anyway. <laughs> so I, I went on vacations. I, I visited friends uh, around the country. I did everything but lifting, and it was just so much fun. And then I'm like, eh, I'll get back to lifting eventually. I'll get back to lifting eventually. And, and then... I, was, I was coming off of uh, Nationals in 2019, mm-hmm. and at that Nationals meet, I squatted 560, whatever, two or four, I don't remember, 562, I think. Um, I benched 380 and I pulled around 430 for a 1370 something total. Mm-hmm. And um, with uh, the scoring for uh, uh, the gloss spreader totals, uh, for those of the, you know listening that don't really understand, it's okay. Not many people do. Yeah. Um, there, it's random math. It's fine. Exactly. There are uh, coefficients that are associated with your body weight. 
and that coefficient multiplier thing times your total in kilograms gives you this score. Mm -hmm. And the score that uh, was announced that people needed uh, to qualify for the semifinals was 500. Mm -hmm. And that nationals meet, I had scored like a four... 60 or 80 something. Yeah, Yeah. it was like 480 and change. Yeah. And I was like, well, bummer, that sucks. You know, I didn't qualify, you know, better luck next time. And, you know, this is probably, you know, something that, you know, especially a a lot of people in the sport kind of, you know, deal with is, you know, at what body weight should I lift at? Mm Mm-hmm. And at that body weight, am I as strong as I want to be? What, what's that equilibrium? Yeah, of, yeah. and yeah. so many people haven't figured it out, uh, yours truly included. And so, <laughs> and so um, I had thought that I wasn't going to get an invitation to the semifinals. Uh-huh. And so I started lackadaisically training again, kind of showing up every now and then in October yep. and November. Yep. And then all of a sudden, on I think it was, it was a Thursday. Actually, mm-hmm. I can tell you the exact day because I know... Because it was the Thursday that we were going. Because uh, I, I remember this, too. God, cause... I texted everyone I know. It was Thursday, December 19th. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that's right, because December 20th was the last day of school before Christmas vacation. Mm-hmm. Um, Thursday, December 19th, I uh, received an invitation for the semifinals. Mm-hmm. And I think that I was in lab at the time, and my students were working on whatever they were working on. And I was just like, oh, my God. And they all just stopped what they were doing. <laughs> and looked at me like, what? I was like, you guys are never going to believe this. Because I, I had to tell them, yeah. right? Because they're, they're totally wrapped up in everything that I do. So I was totally, as they should be. As they should be. So I just dragged yeah. them into it, like, guys, you don't get it. And so then I explained basically the story that we had just told, right, right about the WPO and right, how cool right. it is, and that I had been uh, chosen to compete at the semifinals at the Arnold. Which I mean, okay, like I had never even been to the Arnold, right? Okay, this is not a very good Arnold for the first experience, right? No, the Corona Classic was not a way to. There really was no Arnold. Yeah, yeah, was, yeah, yeah. That was. We still had fun. Oh sure, 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 sure. But, you know, it would have been nice to, like, experience the expo and stuff like that. Yes, but, you know, yes. there, there will be more years for that. And, you know, just to be at this, be at this really expo of, I think it was something like 22,000 athletes mm-hmm. in all of these different strength disciplines, all being pulled to Columbus, mm-hmm. Ohio, from... Pretty much all around, the world. around the globe because yep. who did we meet at the airport? We met. They were from they were from Finland. Yeah, yeah, we met a couple from Finland uh, who was... had at landing found out that yeah. that they uh, because of course you know we we only flew from Chicago so right. our flight was like you know thirteen minutes long yeah basically. and you know we were getting instant updates on everything that was going on before we even boarded our respective flights in Chicago. We were getting updates. We were getting updates that, that, you know, Expo was going to be canceled. Everything from everything is canceled to nothing has changed. Yeah. And we we covered that during our WPO episode. Like, I mean, an entire episode of just where the information was coming from and how crazy it was. Oh, it was just absolutely nuts. Well, this couple that flew in from Finland, you yep. said, right? Yes, yeah. Uh, how long is that flight? They had gotten no updates. I mean, updates. that was like <laughs> seven and a half hours. Yeah. They had gotten zero updates. Right. So they land. They're like, wait, where is everybody? Yeah. The airport was desolate. It so, was yeah. absolutely dead. It was crazy. And she was competing strongman and ended up, they still competed, obviously. But yeah, yeah. completely insane. It was craziness. Yeah, so I mean, like all of these, to be, you know, just to qualify for any kind of competition mm-hmm. where people are just being flown in from all over the world, which mm-hmm. is so cool. 
Yeah. And, you know, to just be recognized as one of the top lifters in the sport. Yeah. And, I mean, okay, fine, sure. So, I understand I was not the first round draft pick. Mm-hmm. I wasn't the second. I <laughs> might have been like the sixth or seventh. And you know what? I'm okay with that. Still made the league. <laughs> right, right. I'm okay with that. Right? I understand that, you know, had I been training like I should have been, sure, I would have had better meets. You know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. But the just, you know, knowing that there are more things to train for and knowing that there are more things that I want to do in this sport Mm -hmm. kind of keeps you hungry and keeps you motivated to be at the next one. Mm -hmm. So last question of the WPO. So you're Uh you're walking up for that last deadlift. Coach called your number. Oh, yeah. Actually, I don't even know if Coach coach called something lower, right? On my last deadlift, you didn't call 474. Dixie or something I think I Yeah, because you can change. I think I called something a little lower. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Consulted with Dixie and George, and Dixie then we Lee. upped yeah. it. So so the, the number's been called. You walk to the platform. Can you just take us through those steps of walking to the platform and doing that lift? Because that, that was a cool experience for all of us, Glava, so your friends who were up there. Can yeah. you walk us through that I, in your eyes? I think that as far as just being a competitor at that meet, I was in a really unique, really unique position because I had all of my teammates as my spotters. It's true. <laughs> and then, I mean, I didn't know John before uh, the meet. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I didn't know him before the meet, but of course, we've befriended each other. Of course. And uh, so, yeah, he's basically my teammate now, too. <laughs> Um, but the, just the feeling of like being surrounded by all of my friends on all of my lifts and, you know, I, I could have had a better meet. Absolutely. You know, there's always things that you want to change, but I, I had a pretty solid, I had a pretty decent meet. Two PRs and a PR total, right? Yeah, exactly. That's yeah, so can't, argue. can't argue too much with that. Yeah, no, can't. right. I had, I had just a, some asshole that didn't call your depth low enough on your I know, first right? yeah, that, God, that guy, I tell you, yeah, that, 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 that day's judging of depth was super strict. Yeah, and yeah. which is which is fine, right? I'm absolutely like, not super strict death judging at an equipped meet. What? No. I know, right? Well, I saw a video once from like you know a grainy you know cell phone from a hundred feet away, and it looked high to me though. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. No, yeah, exactly. Man, if only you were on the platform and could have yeah, called it. Better. I can tell you what. <laughs> I took you balls deep on your third squat, about as deep as I've just about <laughs> taken anybody on an equipped squat. I don't squat. even know how I came up with it, but it's all right. It all worked anyway. Out. It all, it all worked out. It did. You know, I had, I had a, a really great meet, and, you know, coming into my final deadlift, my second attempt deadlift was also a PR, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So I it was, was all gravy. Yeah, I was already on cloud nine. I'm like, okay, squat wasn't a PR, but bench was a PR, and my second attempt deadlift was a PR. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what they put on the bar because um, and this is one of the things that I personally do. Um, I know my openers, and then I don't know any of the other weights for my second mm-hmm. and third attempts. Right. And this is something that I've chosen to do for myself because when by the time you get to the meet, you know you're 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 peaked in strength. I mean, you're obviously peaked in adrenaline as yeah. well. Right. So whatever my coach and my teammates load on the bar, they know I can do. Okay. So there isn't any. Just up to you execute. Yeah, there isn't any doubt in my mind that something's on the bar that shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. But I also think that a lot of times, you know, you need people, and this is why, you know, powerlifting is one of the greatest sports ever. You know, you always have a pit crew, you always have a mm-hmm. team of people that are helping to keep you honest. Yeah. And a lot of times when I would call my own numbers, I would do an absolutely terrible job. Sure. I would jump too high thinking something looked way better than the previous lift did. Mm-hmm. So. I have no idea what's on the bar for my third attempt, but I'm standing there waiting. And then I look at, I look at everybody. I'm like, 
where where am I? And they're like, oh, you're another five lifters down. I'm like, what? I'm like, whatever. I'm like, not going to worry about it. So, you know, as, as the ever-increasing bar is getting loaded, right, the bars, you know, 400s, mm-hmm. 410s, 20s, 440s, 450s, 460s. I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I was like, oh, whatever. And uh, I'm pretty sure that uh, the reason why 474 was called is that it matched my outfit at the time. Mm. I had on my Team Stone uh, tie-dye t-shirt mm-hmm. that was blue and red and white, and my, my plates were blue and red, and it was, it was oh, very nice. Oh, there you go. So there thank you, you for that. I appreciated that. <laughs> yeah, I really America. thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> so much America. I know, right? And just kind of like walking up there, it's like I just felt invincible. Right, I had everybody around me, everybody cheering for me. I had um, two of my friends uh, fly or drive down uh, from Chicago. You know, I had my friends watching on Facebook Live mm-hmm. when people, you know, were, uh, you know, were, were posting videos. I had, you know, everyone that couldn't make it. I had, you know, my girl Stace Money. You know, she was always <laughs> she was always uh, texting in and asking everybody how I was doing and waiting for video updates. So it's like, you know, you kind of like have that feeling as you're walking up to the platform and as you're walking up to the bar that like, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it my all. I'm just going to keep pulling and I'm going to end this meet on a high note. And I yeah. ended up pulling a 45 pound PR mm-hmm. deadlift. Uh, awesome. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. And it's, you know, that kind of feeling is really what keeps you competing again. Because no doubt. You, yeah, 100%. You always want to have that sense of, I did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and, you know, like just with my uh, analogy to academics, right? You don't know what you know until you ask yourself about it or until you're asked to explain it to someone else. Mm-hmm. Right. You don't know how strong you are. And how much work you've actually put in. And trust me, having three people who really aren't there to make you happy. Mm -hmm. They're really only there to tell you whether it's a good lift or not. You know, maybe some of your teammates, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right there. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, you're you're right there. It'll it'll be there at the meet. It'll be there at the meet, yeah, right? (laughs) I mean, I don't have teammates like that, thank God. I I I got it, but the judges didn't give it to me. <laughs> but I know that there are there are teams out there that do, and you know you have these you know three impartial people being like it was either good or bad, yeah. and you know that if you get it on that stage, you know you got it, and you were you were judged and not found wanting. There you go. It's pretty dope. Yeah. It, it was it was cool from my perspective. Oh, and too. it's my it's least favorite lift too. It's I hate, true. I absolutely it's true. hate deadlift. You do not. You do not so like to end my yeah. So I guess to kind of like you know summarize that story like. For that kind of experience to happen on a lift that I'm not, that's not my favorite, obviously, yeah, right, by a long right. shot. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. No, you're good. <laughs> it's one of those, like, I, I cheer for every single lifter that, you know, we ever are on the platform for because we, we want to see them, we want to see them do well. And I think that's one of the things that we talk about as a WPL spotters and as any spotters crews for 2XL, whoever walks away with those trophies, we want to make sure that when they say, I beat these people and I beat them on their best day because the spotters made sure everybody was able to do their absolute most. And to see that as not only as and from that role, but also as your friend and powerlifting husband. There you go. And it was just, man, it was so awesome. And, and so just, I had to fanboy out a little bit. And yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. It was dope. Yeah, so. it, was, it was a lot of fun. And I mean, you know, all of the, all of the, the girls that were there on stage mm-hmm. toward the end, like 
when people were done lifting, they were coming around yep. and sitting in the front row or hanging out, you know, in the lifter bullpen area where they shouldn't yep. have been hanging out. Yep. But I mean, they were screaming and cheering and clapping and whistling. That's and what being they all like, wanted. Yeah, exactly. Yep. It's awesome. It's yeah. I mean, cool. we, we talked to uh, Laura Phelps last week mm-hmm. and she talked about it the first couple women's pro-ams that she ran, which was kind of similar to that. Uh, you know, women's semifinals only day that we did for the WPO. Mm-hmm. She talked about that camaraderie and that uh, community and that atmosphere. Yeah. Energy, that yeah, was, was just... that was different at the women's pro-am versus other meets. Yeah, um, sure. And I think, I don't know if it was quite the same as that real close environment at Laura's gym, um, but definitely that was similar at that mm-hmm. WPO women's semifinals. That one had a, it had a different vibe in general, just due to the whole, Corona classic thing, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but the meet itself, I think had a similar vibe. You bet. You bet. So you've talked about that moment as a lifter, certainly a one that's, it's memorable. Is that, or do you have another favorite moment as a lifter? Um, I think that, you know, obviously, you know, being able to lift on the stage of the WPO semifinals was, you know, just an absolute highlight so far of my lifting career. I think that in, 2018, when uh, we were at the WPO, uh, I think that was that like at the B in Orlando, I think. Yes. Um, coming off the platform, and I had taken a fourth attempt bench, but I totally screwed it up, and it's okay. I totally got stapled to the bench by 408 or something. And womp womp. I know, womp womp womp. And then. It's okay. I only got stapled by 402. So. <laughs> I am, so. And I think that uh, we were. Uh, so at that meet in 2018, uh, my friend, uh, let's see, let's, Joey showed up down there, right? Yep. And I had you there. I had... Uh, Stacy was there? Well, I, did Jackie come down with the kids, I think? Yeah. Yeah, I had Stace money Because well, you there. guys came down together, actually. Oh, yeah, that's right. We almost missed the flight. <laughs> that's <laughs> right. That's... No, it's all coming back. Yeah. It's, oh, and, boy. And, and my... Uh, my lifting cohort, who I miss so much. I can't wait till she comes back. Stace Money was there with me. With her adorable tiny human? Uh, no, no tiny human at that point. Well, now she has one. Oh, now she has one. This, yes. is, this is true. But in this 2018... Is, this is pre-tiny human. Yeah, this was, this was all pre-tiny human. Um, you know, I was, I was just surrounded by, you know, my teammates. And we were... It was at the end of the meet. And uh, if you don't know Eric Stone, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> but maybe you have by, learned a little bit by now... Um, and this is also they know, why... They know he's annoyed by me. That's really wait, Right. Well, he's also annoyed by me as well. Um, <laughs> uh, one of the things that I really appreciate about having Eric as my coach is he is a person of very few compliments. And this is not meant it's like... not in, wrong. It's not meant in a negative way. No. It's not. Right? I mean, he is probably the most stable individual in attitude and demeanor with very very few fluctuations of high and low yep but which you've seen many times now well of course sure sure time average but yeah yeah sure 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 um but i think that uh at the very end of that meet the thing that was one of the highlights of at least our coach and lifter relationship is we were standing by the american flag in the back and you just looked at me and you're like that was such a good meet I am so proud of you. I was like, oh, like tears. I was like, oh, thanks, coach. Yeah. So like knowing that like I could go to the WPO and not only not make an ass out of myself, but also get a compliment, <laughs> right? Actually I mean, get positive does it, feedback. Does it get better? <laughs> I know, right? Wow. Yeah, exactly. It's amazing. Yeah, I mean, sure. There, there, 
every meet that you do that you think that you lift well in, you end up leaving with some sense of accomplishment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the meets that you don't lift as well as you want to, you'll end up leaving with a sense of, okay, here's this laundry list of things that I need to work on and that I need to do. So, right, I can focus on what's next. Mm -hmm. Yep. For sure. For sure. So... We've talked about you as a competitor, and, and you've been, you know, competing, uh, you know, for a while. You've got a lot of experience. With that what made you decide to get involved as a referee and announcer, and kind of in the the logistics of the meets, um, other I, than making fun of me in a cycle? Uh, naturally, uh, I think one of the uh, the things that kind of dragged me into being an announcer, I think, originally was just necessity. I think that we were at Jacked Gym running a smaller meet and nobody wanted to talk on the microphone. And I was like, what's the big deal? They're like, oh, well, you know. So scary. You know, you're, you're a teacher. You talk for a living. You know, you'll be fine. I was like, okay, I'll announce the meet. Mm-hmm. And I had always kind of been involved somehow, some way. Every single gym that I've been at wanted to be active in doing something, mm-hmm. right? I mean, even when we were at Core Fitness, we were still bringing equipment to meets. So we were still involved in the meet mm-hmm. somehow, some way. When I was at Jacked, we were running smaller meets, and then we were also bringing equipment, I think, uh, sometimes into Dubuque. And then, Ew. of course, being here, you know, uh, oh, sorry, go, going backward for a second. Um, when I was at Jacked, uh, Dan ended up becoming the Illinois state chairman of uh, any strongman mm-hmm. yep. at the time. So there were a lot of strongman meets being held at the gym. And, you know, I can sit in front of an Excel spreadsheet and type in six if they get first place and or how, whatever you whatever type in for the be, yeah. scoring. Sure. Right? I, can, I can do that. I can announce times. I can run a stopwatch. Sure, I can help out. And it just kind of, I think that once you've started lifting on a team, when your teammates are involved with doing something, the, oh, I should help load the bar is still kind of ingrained in you. Oh, sure. well, there's this meat going on. I guess I'll help. Sure. What do you need done? You need somebody to help you set up. You need somebody to help you tape around the platform, set up chairs. Yeah, sure, we can do that. Mm -hmm. And you just kind of, you know, one thing leads into another. You just end up getting and becoming more involved. I think it was probably in 2015 or 16, I ended up taking uh, the uh, test to become a national level ref. Um, And then there is a world level uh, referee. I think that was either 17 or 18. I became, I became a, a world-level ref. and Global. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's kind of neat because now, you know, wherever we go, whatever meet we go to, you know, if we have lifters that are competing at that meet, and if, say, it's not one of our meets, mm-hmm. I'll email the meet director and be like, hey, listen, we're bringing lifters. If you need announcing or judging or scoring or, you know, sit-ins or rotate, you know, rotate through, you know, judges or... Uh, scoring or announcing, I can do it. I don't mind. Mm-hmm. And there, I mean, as far as powerlifting meets are concerned, you know, when you're running, actually, as far as any event is concerned, I suppose, there's always going to be things that happen that you don't, 
you know, expect to happen. Sure. Right? There's always small snafus. And so when you just have a larger team of people, you know, those small snafus just kind of get ironed over. Sure. sure. And then, you know, people who are competing don't notice the things that are happening behind the curtain. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Don't look over here. Don't look over here. (laughs) Yeah. So it really just ended up being kind of like a natural transition. But, you know, if you think about competing on a team, when you've been lifting long enough, you end up giving advice and giving critiques and giving help to new lifters. Mm-hmm. You know, you see them squatting, you know, such that, you know, they're on their, you know, the balls of their feet on their toes and their knees are coming forward and they're like, why do my knees hurt? And you're like, well, um, glad you asked. Yeah. <laughs> or if it's, if it's really bad, I'll just say it without even them asking for help. <laughs> but, you know, it's just something that you end up, you're kind of, used to doing Mm -hmm. you're used to operating in that this is my sport i kind of want to keep it moving and kind of want to kind of give back in a way because there were those that gave to you in the beginning as well Mm -hmm. well you know going into um my you know back to the uh core fitness days and Mm -hmm. into the uh lifting with uh peter royal and the royal power team or so (laughs) um you know, there were no dues or membership fees right. or anything that any of us mm-hmm. paid each other mm-hmm. to lift together. Yep. There was just accountability. Mm-hmm. There was a hierarchy and it was just respected. Yep. And if you didn't want to do it that way, you could lift somewhere else. Yep. yep. So because, you know, Pete was there helping me. When Pete did a meet, I was there rewrapping his knee wraps. I was there making sure getting his getting him his egg McMuffins. Yeah, that's right. I would bring egg McMuffins. That's right. Nice. And he nice. would uh, lean over the glute ham rays and eat his egg Fall McMuffins. Asleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. But I mean, you know, we would we would operate together as a team, as a dysfunctional family. Yeah. And so you know when just like we have now. Yeah, exactly. And so when there are bigger things that the family does. Like, you know, world meets. Yeah. Got to make sure that you've got your world level referee certification or else, you know, what, you know, you got to have what, two world level refs on the platform at once. At any given time. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, you got to make sure you got enough manpower to do it. Or woman power. Yeah, yeah sure. Per, per, person power. Yeah, power. Power. Zer power. <laughs> okay. Here, here we go. Here we go. I mean, it's always been, since I started Team Stone, it's always kind of been one of my philosophies to get people involved. And at that time I didn't charge for programming. I didn't charge anything for the team. I didn't get anything from the membership. So mm-hmm. my deal with the team back in those days was I'll help you with your programming, coaching. You help me with running my meets. Right. Um, and now I do it a little bit differently because mm-hmm. we have a gym and it's a business. Yep. Um, I charge a small amount for programming. And then I also pay people for helping at the meets. Yep. But at the same time, I've always felt like if people help out with the things that are going on in their gym, they have more stake in what's going on and they're more likely to stick around. If, oh, they, yeah. if they feel like they're a part of, Hey, I'm not just, you know, a number on a sheet of this team. I'm not just one of the people I'm, right. I'm an important part of that. I'm in day to day. They're talking about it, right? I'm, yeah. I'm helping at the meets. I'm judging, I'm scoring, mm-hmm. I'm announcing. Um, and I do think the people that help out at our meets at our team stick around longer than people that just, you know, come and do their own thing and see you later. Agreed. hundred percent. So uh, switching gears a little bit, uh, just general thoughts on powerlifting in its current state. And then, you know, your thoughts on the rise of female powerlifting. 
um, when you started back in those days, yeah. it was it was me, it was Shannon, it Jackie, was Jackie, <laughs> and then you know bench only uh, Sydney. Sydney Toms. <laughs> but that, I mean, I, really, that was uh, just about Brocher. it. Brochure. Yeah, Dawn. Yeah, she, she came a little bit later. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I always remember seeing her at Velocity. Yep. But um, I mean, really, there was if you had ten. Vanderway, fe- Stephanie. Yes. Uh, if you had ten females at any given meet, though, that was a lot of females. Versus yeah, that now, was that was far over the critical mass of, of females <laughs> any powerlifting meet girl, ever. Girl, I know. Girl. Look out. <laughs> versus now, we have you know an entire meet for just females. We have you know an entire. Uh, you know, session and platform just for females. So just thoughts on... And an entire day of lifting. Yeah, yeah, yeah no doubt. Yeah, yeah. so I think that um, one of the things that I'm, I'm really kind of excited about, and not that it ever really bothered me, that like, because I always thought like being strong was kind of cool, and that was when I had started, you know, going through my lifetime fitness days, and I was kind of, you know, always a little bit arrogantly like, you know, totally into whatever I'm into. Do and you I, lift, bro? Right, and I don't really care what anybody else thought. Like, mm-hmm. I, even getting into powerlifting, you know, I started out my, so the horseback riding and stuff, right, there were probably more females than males that were, mm-hmm. that were horseback sure. riders. Um, at least uh, competing at my age. Okay. Um, but going into college, you know, choosing math and physics as a major... <laughs> Right. Not exactly the, a female dominated field. Not not female dominated fields. Uh then going into rugby, not a female dominated nope. uh sport by any means. Mm-hmm. And so after a while, I kind of stopped seeing, you know, the discrepancy of numbers that I am the only female. No, I mean these are my teammates. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is Pete, this is Tom, this is insane. <laughs> you go down the list, right? This mm-hmm. this is who mm-hmm. I lift with. And, you know, whether or not you know, they treated me differently because I was a girl. I don't know, maybe a little bit. I mean, sure, everybody gets hazed a little bit when they come into a new team mm-hmm. and they try and figure out, you know, where they are in the group and stuff. And did they haze me differently because I'm a girl? Maybe. Did I take it differently because I'm a girl? Oh, then, sure, absolutely. Until it was kind of more yeah. explained to me of... 2020 Jan. Is yeah, 2020 now. Jan just don't give up. Exactly. <laughs> I think we have the explicit rating, you can say. Yeah, right. <laughs> if anything, Pete probably hazed you more because you were a girl. <laughs> oh, I'm sure of it. And you know what? That, that's okay because, you know, that was the relationship that we had. Mm-hmm. And at that time... You know, maybe that's how they treated me since I was also a younger member of the team. Maybe maybe those guys treated me more like, you know, the little sister they never wanted. That's, <laughs> that's right? fair. That, that's Very fine, fair. right? Just like, you know, some of our uh, team members, right? It's like the son I never wanted or the little brother that I never wanted. Yeah, he's, he's like the nephew. <laughs> but, you know, kind of looking into where powerlifting is going, you know, coming into this rise of CrossFit and mm-hmm. the sponsorships mm-hmm. and the television and all of these events making it into people's homes. Okay, fine, sure, I get it. Not everybody is watching World's Strongest Man in Christmas. I don't know why, <laughs> but they're not, right? But these were, uh, these were contests and events coming into people's houses where there are people who are you know, who wants to be the fittest on earth? Okay, that sounds really super cool. Yeah. Right? And I'm bringing this up because, you know, with our raw division and coming in, probably coming into play, I think because of mm-hmm. the influence that we've had from other strength sports, CrossFit in particular, you know, these CrossFit, I guess boxes, is that what they're called? Yeah. Groups, 
gyms, whatever, you know, they ended up. What's in the box? Who, I don't know. I've never been in one. <laughs> you have been. Have I? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe. But not for, just for running meets. Right, right. Yeah, well, I mean. CrossFit to find downtown Chicago. Well, you've been to Laura Phelps' gym as well. Oh, she, oh, that's right. Yeah, that's a CrossFit box. She, okay. She See, calls it a gym, though, to be whatever. fair. No, but like I call her a powerlifter, right? <laughs> so true, like, that was a power, to me, that's a powerlifting gym with a big ass fan. Literally. Literally, yeah. that's what it's called. It's true. Um, I think that having women competing and being strong and having it cool, being cool that they're strong. And yeah. socially acceptable. It has helped it become more socially acceptable. Absolutely. And, you know, people are going to have their opinions of what certain people should look like or how certain people should, how strong certain people should be. And kind of just like before, I don't care what other people's opinions are because mm -hmm. until you're in it and until you experience powerlifting and until you experience being part of a team, it's, it's so hard to explain how absolutely awesome it is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, you know, coming into the rise of female powerlifting, I cannot believe that it has taken off like it has. And it has completely exploded in the last five years. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And I hope in my heart of hearts that it keeps up because on the females day, right, that the, the warm-up area is clean. <laughs> the weights are put back. Everybody, you know, I'm just teasing. You're not, I mean, I don't, I don't think we're wrong, though. I mean, the women's meet we had here, like, the warm-up room was, like, the calmest warm-up room yeah. I've, I've ever seen. the spectators for the women's days are also the, the biggest because, mm -hmm. you know, girls are going to tell all of their friends what they're doing, yep. right? Yeah. The girls are going to get... I'm doing a power-up to me. Really? Yeah. And yes, so, like, queen. Yeah, and her boyfriend's going to bring all of his friends, like, bro, you're never going to believe what my girlfriend is doing. There's a bunch of chicks, yeah. power, a bunch exactly. of fit chicks, man. Let's go. Exactly. Right. So, like, the, the spectators come in, and I think that the fact that all of these people are now also posting everything on social media, mm -hmm. which wasn't as big in 2007 and 8 and 9. Yep. Yeah, I mean... Very little at all. There My, was MySpace. Face, there was Facebook and My, yeah, MySpace a little bit. But yeah, but nothing, not, not nothing. like not like Instagram and no, not like no. and just with how big it's become. Too. Yeah, no doubt, for sure. And, and I, so and I, it's a lot of great free advertising. Yeah, and I think it's, it's reloading too because you look at you know I see it with you know Lily and then I see also um, you know Gabby who trains down at uh, Rudy's gym. You know there are young young girls that see the you know athletes like you like a Crystal Tate or Laura Phelps and they're like, dude, I can do this. I want to do this. And it's just, it's reloading, which is exciting. It's really, really cool to see. And, you know, when people approach lifters at meets mm -hmm. and come to them with, how can I do this? I want to do this. The community is very it's, responsive. It's literally and come, come here Monday. Yeah. Yeah. Jen will say, why don't you come train with us? We, <laughs> yeah. we train deadlifts on Wednesday. Show up. <laughs> yeah. Come yeah. through. Yeah. Sometimes, my, my sometimes you invite people that, hmm, then you don't want to claim yeah. later. <laughs> <laughs> I, I still don't think that I said that, but wrong. Well, wrong. you're stupid. Because so I'll, I'll let you handle the rest of these. Bane <laughs> yeah, these, these look like all some, Bane questions. Some rapid fire questions, and uh, I added these after we had already sent the notes out. So you may not have seen these. Um, Whatever, I don't care. What are your least favorite letters? Oh, SHW. Those okay, are my, those are my least. Favorite I thought it was uh, UNL. Oh, I couldn't care less. Yeah, I, I figured it may be yeah. uh, PLH after these questions. But. Oh yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> so yeah, so uh, the I, I guess. In the scoring program, it's all SHW. Yeah. Right. But um, as far as, I guess women don't like to be called super heavyweights. No. So, yeah. So hopefully, 
powerlifting and see see powerlifting is good for basically the the world and powerlifting is helping at least to like kind of separate a, a woman's self-worth from a number on a scale for mm-hmm. her body weight because when you compete folks your weight is it's in kilograms, so that helps because people don't math. But your weight is projected in kilograms it is. behind you. It is. When the, should we talk about the time when Maris accidentally yeah. put your weight as 90.1 as opposed to 190.1 190. pounds? Yeah. This was... Um, state meet, right? It wasn't the state meet. It wasn't my first state meet. It was, the sec- it was probably the second one because okay. I was still training with Pete. So it had to have been... Maybe 09. Oh, no. I think it was a summer bash. Oh, okay. It might have been that summer bash. And no, did I cut down to 80? I'll have to look. Right? It was like... It was a... <laughs> it was a uh, whatever. It was a local meet. Um, probably in 2000 and... Eight. Nine. Eight or nine. Yeah. You know what? It might have been state meet 09 now that you say it. And uh, weighing in, um, I believe that the scale was in pounds but looking back to me that's funny um but then i didn't think anything of it Mm -hmm. and i think that i had weighed in at 190.1 pounds and then it was recorded on the scorecard as 90.1 kilograms Hmm. and the weight classes go up to 90 kilograms and then for women and then after 90 kilograms it's known as unlimited or super heavyweight Mm -hmm. and so um that was my nickname for a while. <laughs> my nickname was Super Heavyweight or SHW. Uh, oh, since can, I call you, can I call you Jan Unlimited? Sure. You can call me whatever you want. <laughs> Thank you. But uh, that was my nickname for a while. Uh, it's stuck, stuck for years, actually. <laughs> so, so I do want to hit on the nicknames real quick. So for those who don't know, uh, we do have a, a joke between Jen and I that yeah. she is my powerlifting wife and I'm yeah, her powerlifting husband. Uh, because how many people have now – like how many meets has it been people approached us that we are married? Oh, um, it, at least – Three or four. Yeah. Uh, and this most, is even, most of the time, Lily, uh, yes. your daughter, is at these meets. And Lily and I are like attached at the hip. Basically, yeah. She's one of my favorite little humans on Damn. the entire planet. And so Lily will be sitting on my lap. So people think naturally that Lily's my daughter. Mm-hmm. And so I'm 38. Lily could be my daughter. Oh, very easily. Very easily. Yeah. Uh, she's not. No, she is not. But, you know, in, in, in the and, powerlifting and family, the, she the is. Other, the other <laughs> thing, too, is that with both of you have the light blue eyes. And so people see you next to other. They go, "Oh yeah, she could definitely, yeah, be, totally, totally, definitely yeah. be your kid." So yeah, anyway, so that's that's the PLH PLW thing. Uh, <laughs> second to last one. Why are you so dope? Well, you know, I just am. Fuck yeah, you are. I mean, and, I think that also, you know, if, if this was what you know the the interview is is kind of like leading toward with talking about women's powerlifting and mm-hmm. how like as a woman it's empowering or something. <laughs> I think that like going and finding something that you want to do or that you're interested in mm-hmm. and taking it as far as you possibly can just feels awesome. Yes. And sure. I mean, are, are there reasons that you want to quit? Yes, literally. Every single workout sometimes. Mm-hmm. If I'm in a crabby Especially mood. Especially Wednesdays. Yeah. Oh, we deadlift on Wednesdays. Yeah. Um, and we were pink. But... You know, I'll, kind of a big deal. I'll have this laundry list of reasons why I shouldn't be powerlifting. But then I'll have like one thing that goes right. And then it's like that list just doesn't even exist anymore. Exactly. So I think that um, one of the things that, you know, probably helps confidence, you know, probably helps just how you feel about yourself is just finding something that you like and just absolutely sticking with it through thick and thin just mm-hmm. to see how far you can take it. And Mostly thick. And uh, the letter class, that's right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I say it with love. 
but I think that's one thing that you know powerlifting has is I, we have like weight classes and age classes that kind of don't end, right? Like yep. mass, I mean, Masters 8 a, doesn't have an end, does it? Well, it's <laughs> right. I think it's actually Masters 9. 9, oh, it's 9. It goes on, yeah. But it's 80 plus. So yeah, exactly. I guess if you get beyond 80, there's no 85 to 89 or 90, <laughs> 90 to 95. That's, that's bullshit. I don't want some young whippersnapper 88-year-old breaking. I literally me. saw a thread on Facebook about you that. Shut the front door. Yes. Uh, we, won't, we don't need oh to get too God. much off on a tangent. <laughs> no, we but. won't. We won't. Uh, so my last one, and this one's important because you've been around the sport. You've seen a lot. You've seen a lot of lifters. You've seen, you know, male, female, whomever, all the in-betweens. What's your, who's your Mount Rushmore of lifters? Ooh, my Mount Rushmore of lifters. Yeah, this one, I'm putting you right on the spot here. So this. Ooh. I'm probably going to have to uh, default to uh, the most recent uh, performances that I have been at and witnessed, mm-hmm. and specifically the... Right, so currently my Mount Rushmore probably has to be Tara Weber. Yeah. And uh, witnessing the 2019 deadlift that brought her into the win. The 87-second deadlift. Oh, my gosh. That was just – but, I mean, like, you know, she, you know, trained for it. She got onto the platform, Mm -hmm. and she gave it her all. She executed. Yeah. She was amazing. And And was not in the lead – before that either. No. Right. And as far as watching her lift technically, and this is one thing that I am just like a, a real stickler about, like if I'm going to choose like a favorite lifter and why, or if I'm going to watch somebody lift, why I like the, mm-hmm. the way that they look while they're lifting, why not? I think that like technique is absolutely paramount. And she sure. is probably one of the prettiest lifters as far as technical skills that I've seen sure. in a while. She is absolutely flawless in a lot of her technique, and I, I aspire to be like that. That would be awesome. So that's one. Three more. Mm-hmm. That's it, just her? Oh, oh I, I need yeah, there's, three? Yeah, there's three more. It's, uh, Mount, Mount Rushmore, Rushmore has four. three presidents. Oh. Has four presidents, four presidents Jen. So. I need three? Three need more. Three more? Yep. Oh. Hmm. Got her. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, so I bet I could also, on, on my list, right, as far as longevity is concerned, mm-hmm. right? I would love to be on the platform competing like Debbie Daminga has. Yes, ma'am. And it's not just like, oh, you, you know, Debbie can be like, oh, Jennifer, you called me old on the podcast. You're such a bitch. No, Debbie, it's not that. No. It is in spirit. It is in level-headedness. It is in just her behavior, everything. Dude, and she she turns a switch too because she is super fun. Oh, yeah. outside of the and platform, she is like this fierce competitor. Right, she when just she, hits the ramp, oh and it gosh. is like it is on. Yeah, yeah, that that is that is absolutely incredible. It is. Um, I would love to have the strength and power of Crystal Tate. Oh, that dude. would just and I mean, I'm pretty sure that like. I am not in a minority when I say that. Yeah. And I mean... I, I wish I had it. <laughs> Crystal is just unbreakable. Yes. I mean, she's pretty close right now, but she is essentially unbreakable. Oh, she, yeah, she's absolutely incredible. And especially because, you know, going through powerlifting, you know, a lot of people that, you know, you'll see, you'll see greats kind of... Come and go, mm-hmm. right? And then they there's, leave. There's some shooting stars, right? And then they leave, right? They leave just as far, just as quickly um, as they as they came up. And it's like 
Crystal's still around. And Crystal's, you know, she's local, mm -hmm. right? She's just, you know, across the border. Yep. And, you know, it's wonderful that, you know, the two of us are sharing the platform together. Mm -hmm. um, one of the nicest people you'll ever meet. Super sweet. Super sweet. Super level-headed, down-to-earth. So she's pretty awesome. She's dope. So, yeah. So I, I, would I would like to be as unbreakable as Crystal Tate. That would be cool. Could you imagine, like, putting all of these lifters into, like, one super lifter? I mean. That would be so cool. Yeah. That would be so cool. So you got, so you got one more. You got one more spot on your Mount Rushmore. And then you talk about a lot of, you know, current um, lifters. Who who else you put up so there? So I, I think I'll I, I think I'll go back in time and I'll put Becca Swanson up there. I mean, absolutely. Big Becca, what can you do there? Yeah, oh my she's, gosh. Just, she's she's an interesting follow currently on Instagram. Correct. Yeah, she is. Correct. Yeah, she is. I, I, we'll just leave it at that. So interesting. I'm, so the the back. So if you want me to specify, like I'm talking powerlifting. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of okay. course. Right. Yep, right. That, of course. That's, that's what so, the she was with. This was big iron days, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay, I'm going to throw an extra one in there. Oh, here we go. That, that uh, Jen threw Spicy. up. Jen threw up on the board. So Jen's oh. already done it. <laughs> I've already done it. So, but we'll, yeah. we'll, we got to ask Bane. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll go through it as well. So fuck, Mary, kill. Oh God. <laughs> the, For three the three lifts. The three lifts. Jen. Whose idea was this? I think maybe George's. I think it was George's. Yeah. So Jen, you can start. Yeah. Um, so uh, and and just just to specify, right? In fuck, Mary, kill. Kill is the one you actually don't like. The Correct. one that you want to get rid of. Fuck is your side piece. Right. Fuck is your side piece, and then Mary is the one that you want around for a while. Correct. Correct. Right. So um, right now, uh, the one that I hate is my squat. <laughs> my squat needs to be. My squat needs to be fixed. It's it's terrible. Fair. But around for a good time is my deadlift. So we're gonna fuck deadlift. We're gonna marry the bench. Um, I've had slow, steady progress with the bench, mm -hmm. and there's just something about how bench feels on meat day. You know, it's like, it's like our anniversary together, right? And like a fine wine, the bench just keeps, keeps, getting, keeps, getting, better. keeps getting better with age. There you go. Yeah, there you go. And so uh, we're going to kill the squat. So those, those were my three. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll give Bane a little more time to, to chew on that because <laughs> I've already thought about this. So... Uh, if it's your side piece, yeah, I'll fuck the squat because <laughs> there's nothing more I'd like to taste that 700-pound squat again someday. Um, I marry the bench. off. I'll marry. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe at 198, you'll hey, be able to. fuck you. <laughs> I, did, I did order you a large uh, T-shirt, by the way. Yeah, I'll fuck you. <laughs> I will definitely marry the bench because when I can no longer squat with a bad hip, I can keep benching. Oh, it's true. I, you know, I did not think about the and longevity of and, bench. And kill the deadlift because deadlifting sucks. Yeah, and traditionally, I think that um, had I not deadlifted well at my last meet, I would have also chosen. Fair enough. The, the same. Bane? Uh, so I'm, I'm marrying the squat. That, that's my baby. That's, you know, to your point, that has continued to, to age well and do well. And so is it over 700, I'm going to punch you right in the butt. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I, I did break the streak by the way on, uh, on Wednesday. I did break the streak. I have not watched it since then. Um, he watches his seven, his six ninety four squat video <laughs> every day, Jen, from last year's I can NPC Orleans. If you watch the video, I can still hear Jen in my head. Chest up. Lock it in. Come on, Bane. It's literally what Jen's screaming. Oh, 
my uh, gosh. Into the microphone. So, yes, yeah, so I'm, <laughs> I'm going to marry the squat. And, yes, we will get to 700. And fuck every one of you that keeps asking me that. But keep asking. I think who, who else asked you? Didn't even. <laughs> Oliveira. <laughs> didn't, it didn't, Anthony Oliveira yeah. asked you as well. Oh, did yeah. he? Yeah. Yes. that funny? Yeah, it was, it was good. I appreciate well that. Well done, sir. Well done. I appreciate that. Uh, so, yeah, so I'm marry, marry that. Uh, I'm actually going to fuck the bench because the bench and I have been getting to know each other. And, you know, we're vibing a little bit. And uh, I'm going to throw yeah, this I up mean, there. I'm going to kill the fucking deadlift. As you can see, my arm, it damn near killed me. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, fuck it. Well, we'll start a new federation because there Squad aren't enough bench. already. Yeah. Sob squatter or bench. Yeah, exactly. all geared, no raw. No, no raw. That's fair. So you're gonna have to put gear on if you want to lift in our sob federation. We're getting there, man. Shit. Okay, right. maybe after this, it'll be time to yeah, well, protect the joints. Although yeah, it's not. Take, take it from Bob yeah. Merck, right? Just like fuck it, just throw the shirt on and yeah, go for every, I mean, every fucking week. For, for deadlift, you still you still need your arms. Yeah, right. I mean, right. it's not like deadlift. We'll get oh, the. But you can have on uh, elbow sleeves. It's true, and I just yeah. learn, learn hook grip, true. and then I'll be fine. So, yeah. R.I.P. thumbs. Yeah, basically. So <laughs> yeah. better than R.I.P. freaking distal tendon. Yeah. Anything else to add, Doctor oh. Gimmel? No, I don't. I don't know. Anything else you, you want me to? Do you concur? I concur. Okay. Well, uh, very nice to sit down with you and hear your hey, your take on everything, Doctor Gimmel. Here in our um, undisclosed location. Where can people <laughs> find you on the social medias? Oh, on the social medias. Um, so on the Facebooks, it's r- my real name. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know why I still do that, but I do. <laughs> yeah, especially with the young people, Jennifer that... Gimmel. Yeah. yeah, Jennifer Gimmel. And then um, on Instagram, my handle is at the Janagram, mm-hmm. the underscore Janagram J H N. Yeah, and then. Uh, that, that's a shout out to uh, Dixie Lee who yeah. gave me my. Who's taking a social media break, by the way? Yeah, she is. She'll be back. Don't worry. She will. She'll okay, be back for sure. Yep. Yep. Well, with that, Bane, this is Eric Stone signing out. Strength and anger. Cool. Thank you. <laughs>